surely could use a shower, couldn't we? Sometimes we, you know, get dry naturally and just a little shower late in the evening. It seems like it just freshens everything, everything right up and sort of gives everything a new smell, new fragrance in the air and uh, gives you a hope of uh, life as far as your plants and your garden and your crops. And uh, Spiritually, sometimes we get to those places, we sort of get in those dry places and maybe haven't seen a spiritual shower in a while and, and we think, boy, Lord, we, we sure could use, my mama sings an old song, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can remember all the words to it or not. And, uh, but I thought as folks, different folks testified there earlier, and, uh, sometimes we get in our mind, God knows what we need tonight. And uh, if he's putting something on your heart, you need to use it. Because it could be, it could be just what somebody needs to hear that would break them loose from where they are and help them to see the need to, to go all the way. And uh, I, I, I do believe, and I, I, I preach this, I, I believe it, take, it takes the gospel, no doubt. But then I believe it was Paul, and I, think, I can't remember if Brother Brad mentioned this last night or not, maybe, maybe a night earlier. But uh, Paul said in one place, he said, I have planted and Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. And he said this, he said, he that planteth is nothing, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. So it takes, the seeds got to be sown, but then it needs to be watered. And then we by faith, that's, we sow by faith, we water by faith, and then trusting that God's going to increase it. And, uh, and so that's, that's why we've been a laboring here night after night. It is, we're trusting that God's going to give the increase. And uh, we don't always, it's not, sometimes our time frame is, uh, when are you going to hurry up, Lord? This, this is, we're getting, that's sort of our carnal way of thinking, but the Lord knows just when that he can get the most honor and the glory out of it. I, I don't know, seem like that old song keeps sort of... Open the books, Lord, and look on the pages. If you find we've been praying today, if you find that we're living in a way that has pleased you, leave a blessing as you pass our way. Cause we need a blessing, Lord. We've been in the valley all day. Our souls are dry 
and thirsty, Lord. Leave a blessing as you pass our way. <clears throat> if you have other children whose needs are greater, then forgive me for taking your time. And perhaps we can make it to the end of this valley till once more we can feel your sunshine. Cause we need a blessing, Lord. We've been in the valley all day. Our souls are dry and thirsty, Lord. Leave a blessing as you pass our way. And sometimes we get the longing for that. And, and uh, if we ain't careful, though, we don't need to get, know how to hardly say that maybe, but if we ain't careful, we'll get the longing for it in a way. Um, don't know hardly how to word it without sounding bad but I guess that's the way it comes to me is all but we sometimes we want it for a selfish reason if we ain't careful we get to wanting it selfishly and and then when we get that away then we're not spiritually minded so the devil sees a place that he can come in and he'll say well you've been wanting that a long time and look there that God you're serving he's not a giving that to you why why do you go to church on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights? And why do you have a revival that goes two weeks long? What's the use in all that? And he began to wear you out with that doubt. And, and, and then the next thing you know, your faith gets, you begin to waver just a little bit. And you begin to, Lord, I don't know why, but we, we need to be a looking for a blessing. And just in faith believing and not, not get fretful, don't get... Don't get wearied, just trust the Lord that he's going to come by right on time, as that song says. I wonder tonight if anybody's got a, got a lead from the Lord, something he's pressing upon your heart. Appreciate the testimonies and the prayer. God, uh, God does this every once in a while to me, and I'm that old cedar thicket where he called me, I still, every once in a while, I don't visit it as much as I used to, but I do go back there. I know the guy that owns it. And he don't, I don't, I don't think he cares. I've never really asked him. I don't guess I haven't asked him since he's owned it, but it's not too far off the road. And I'll slip down there next to that old cedar tree and just talk to the Lord. And, and I can't go in that cedar thicket without my mind going back to that day that the Lord called me. And, and different times when, when we lived down in that area that I would visit that place very regular. And, 
talk to the Lord and he would, he would give me assurance or he would strengthen my faith and, in, in something and that, that, I, that I had been looking for and I'd sort of got to that almost wavering point, you know, and I'd, I'd need to get, and I'd go back there and he would, he'd give me strength and I could sort of get the old devil off my, off my back a little while. And, but uh, they's, uh, I still go back there and I, I think about those days that's been along, that was in 19... I guess 1984, when the Lord called me to preach, and uh, and and He promised me that afternoon that He would go with me. And I didn't believe Him fully for about three months later, and I've heard of folks that have uh, actually. There was a guy. I don't think I've mentioned this. You know, I would ask you to remember him. He's probably in his early, late, late 60s, early 70s, and I've worshiped with him a lot, but he actually this time announced that the Lord had called him to preach. It, this is at Mount Poland, church up not too far from where I live, just out of Tompkinsville. But he had announced that the Lord called him to preach 40-some years ago, Brother Moran. And I told my wife, I, I know them well. We've eaten in their homes. They have day and night services there, and we've eaten in their homes many times. But I, I just said I'd have died. I, could, I fought for three months, and I thought it seemed like an eternity. And I was miserable, just miserable. And everybody around me was miserable because I made sure they was. Because I was, when you're not walking, where God wants you to walk, you are not a happy camper. It's your, your, your life will be moving. You may put on a good front, but I'm talking when you get out there back home, away from everybody else and the show's over and it's just you and God. He reminds you where you are. Why ain't you doing what I want you to do? Why ain't you just following me? And uh, he made it rough on me. And I did preach. I did preach one night. Uh, I didn't tell nobody I preached, but I guess everybody knew. And I'll be honest with you, probably most everybody in my home church knew I was called to preach before I ever told it. And uh, it's just, it's, 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 you may say, well, boy, that you had different experiences. I'll try to preach here in a minute. The Lord gave me a thought as I was walking to the bathroom while ago, and that may sound real strange to you, but I, I thought I thought I knew what I was going to preach on until I got here. But but I I I began to as the Lord as the, the Lord called me that evening, and we were in revival. And I know I've told this before, probably, but I need this is just how God works. I went to church that night, and Scripture was on my heart, and it had been there a while. And I was, I was on fire inside. And I knew I had to get that off of me. But I didn't, I didn't want to tell nobody I was called to preach. And when I got there that night, I guess my pastor, Brother L.G. Wood, he's dead and gone now, but he, he was a good old man of God. Very educated brother. He, you remind me much in your 
your wisdom and knowledge of things, how you handle things, although he was much older than you. But uh, he, j- he looked at me and he said, uh, he said, Tim, you be sure you follow the Lord tonight. Why? I led, I led singing or helped lead singing. I was Sunday school superintendent. I had taught Sunday school classes before. And, and immediately the devil said to me, what else does he think you need to do? And I just, I couldn't lie to him. And I said, Brother LG, there's scripture on my heart. That's all I could get out. And he said, you follow the Lord. And I said, I, I feel like I need to read it. He said, you just follow the Lord. That's, and that's all he said. He could have said, well, now, if you ain't called to preach, you ain't standing up and reading no scripture. He, he could have said all those things, but he didn't. And I stood that night and preached from Jonah. <laughs> I preached on Jonah, and I preached about myself. And when I got done, boy, I felt so, I mean, the Lord helped me and just poured. And I was so free, Brother Moran, after getting that first message off of me. And you know no sooner, and I got back over here and sat down, the devil said, that's all you got to do. That's it. That's it. That's your only message you'll have to preach. Don't tell nobody nothing. So I listened to him. And them old sisters would come around to me and pat me on the back when service was over, and they'd say, honey, we just thought you was called to preach. And I said, now, I, now I, just done all, I just done tonight what the Lord wanted me to do. I didn't say I was called to preach. I just tried to follow the Lord tonight. And they just couldn't believe my response. But the devil will, he, will, he won't make you lie. But you'll listen to him and you'll lie because of him, because of the lie he's told you. And that's what I done for three months. And uh, boy, I was a miserable, I was a miserable young boy. But uh, the Lord moved by and gave me an opportunity to repent. And, uh, and he's been with me ever since. Hasn't lied to me. He hasn't never sent me somewhere and said, I'm not, I'm not going to go with you this time. You, you'll have to go by yourself. He's never done that. Boy, I, 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 wanna, I need to thank him tonight for that. But I, he, I, don't, uh, I don't try not to question when he gives me something. But when I was walking down the hall there, very familiar scripture. And I really think Brother Brad quoted this last night. But this is all the Lord, and I don't know how much preaching I'll do. This may be real strange, and he may need to stand when I get done. I don't know. But all I need to tell you is the Lord saves sinners. That's what I need to tell you. That's what he come for. He, he told his people, I've come to seek and to save that which was lost. And over in the book of 1 Timothy Paul says this, and I, I know the brother quoted this the other night. I don't remember which night, but, but in 1 Timothy, in the first chapter, in the 15th verse, he says this. He says, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And Paul went on to finish it with, of whom... I am chief. In other words, 
there, there wasn't any bigger sinner than me. That's what he was saying. But Christ came to save me. And tonight, I, I, I know this may seem really strange, but I, I, that's what the Lord wants me to tell you tonight. That he came to save sinners. So that's, that's his business, you see. He's in the business of saving lost sinners. That's, that's what he came and died for. That's what he willingly laid down his life for was so that sinners could be saved, so that you could know him, that you could have a relationship with him. And I, I think of that passage of scripture that come to me after I got in here and sat down about, and I believe it's over there in Romans, and the brother may have mentioned this or some other person maybe one night, but how that God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were sinners, Christ Jesus died for us. I, it wasn't while we were that we were that good and we deserved to have somebody to die for our sins. It was while we were sinners, while we were lost, while we were separated from God, while we were, the Bible says, even as enemies, Brother Moran, we were enemies of God. We need to be reconciled back to Him. And for that reason, Christ came. And so tonight, this is the thought. And I may not preach, but just a few minutes. But if he came for that, if that's what he came for, why can't you believe that he'll save you? If that's, if that's his business. You know, there's some things that I, 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 I do some things, but there's some things I don't do. There's some things around the house that I do not do. I can... I can I, and I don't mean this to be smart, but mom did not have no little girls. And there was three of us boys. So mom taught all of us boys. We knew how to make beds. We knew how to shake rugs. We knew how to run the vacuum cleaner. We knew how to wash dishes. We knew how to, back then, most of the time, uh, the, our old Electrolux came way along later. You swept things out, and, you, and, and then you took your rugs out, and you shook them. And, and that may seem like, but in other words, I, Mom taught us those things. There were some things Dad taught us. But there's some things that I was always fearful of. Electricity is something I thought of this brother. I know that's his, but electricity is something I don't even, I don't even like to mess with an with a electric fence. I do, and I, I've had them on my farms a lot, but that's about as far. I'll change light bulbs. I have changed the ballast in, uh, in those old flu, uh, fluorescent lights. I have gone that far. They've got pretty step-by-step -step instructions on them. But when it gets into to putting in a plug or rewiring this, or that I ain't it's not that's not my business and I'm not messing with it but I'll call somebody that it is their business that they know how to do those things and I'm like what well, do you want me to go flip this switch off and flip that breaker off and make sure I'll turn the main off if you want me to and it's their business and what they'll say no I can flip that I can do that right here you won't have to do that and they'll diddle with it while it and you may you may think tonight preacher what are you and see those people they it's their business they know what they're doing they feel comfortable in it listen tonight it doesn't matter even how long this meeting's been going on God's still real comfortable with saving lost sinners tonight it's not a strain on him he's not tired he's not fretful he's 
he's not weary, but this is the thought he gave me. Why would you not believe he'll save you? If he's saved, listen, you've heard these people around this place testify. Since I've been coming down here, I've heard testimonies. I've heard them tell about where the Lord saved them. You've heard them tell about this man, Jesus, that's delivered their soul. You've heard me. You've heard this brother. You've heard other preachers in the past. Now, if God done that for us, how can you not believe he wouldn't do it for you? He'll do it. Listen, he came to save. You go back to that old scripture in John over there, and it says he came to save the whole world. That's what he gave his life for, that the whole world through him might be saved. So that excludes nobody. And Paul said, he, was the, he said, I was the chiefest of sinners. And you may think tonight, well, preacher, and most that I've seen by all this week are young folks that uh, seem innocent probably, probably haven't had a lot of time for a lot of different sin in your life. But this is the thing about sin. Sin is sin. And you don't have to have a lot of sin to build up for it to keep you from finding the Lord. It's just the unbelief that'll keep you from finding the Lord. It's the unbelief that you may think, preacher, I, and I, I read some scripture over there that may tie in. I, I may, the Lord may get me back around to some of the, uh, what I thought I was going to read to you, but I, 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 I think, I can't remember if it was a centurion. I believe it was, but... Uh, and no, maybe it was just a man. It was a man that had a father that had a son that was sick, I believe. And he had brought his son to the disciples. And they, they, could, not, they could not do anything for his son. But he comes to Jesus, the father does. And he says, my son, he's, he, he's, he's got an a, a evil spirit. I don't remember just how it's worded, but said sometimes it cast him into the fire. Sometimes it cast him into the waters. Uh, and I brought him to your disciples and, and, and they couldn't do nothing. And, and the Lord sort of talked about his disciples, about how little their faith was. But uh, the Lord asked him if he believed. He said, if thou believest, and, and this was the reply that this father gave him. He said, Lord, I believe. The Bible said he cried out loud, I believe, but help thou mine unbelief. And tonight, you see, I believe, I believe you're honest, and I believe you're honest, and I believe this young man back here is honest, and any other children. I thought about what the brother said last night about why I believe in your heart, you're, you, you feel like you're doing, but as this sister said, and she didn't have a clue what the Lord had laid on my heart, there's a little something somewhere that's that's keeping you from going all the way. There's a little something somewhere that's a standing between you and the Lord. And you may think, my well, preacher, but I don't know what it is. If I did, I'd do something about it. And I don't doubt that tonight. I believe you're honest in that. But what I would do is this. I would ask the Lord, help me to see where it is that I am letting that stand between me and you and Lord. Help my unbelief, God, if it's 
it's unbelief because I do believe that you came to save sinners. I do believe that you have the power to give me that peace and that joy and reconcile me back to your Father which is in heaven. And you're the only one that can do that because you're the one, that perfect lamb that shed his blood at Calvary that I could be saved. So that's his business. He come to save sinners. And I'll say this tonight. He's good at it. He's good at it. And when he saves a sinner, guess what? They're saved. And they're saved forevermore. And I can't remember where that scripture's at. But it talks about how we're saved to the uttermost. Is what it talks about. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you now. And I believe I mentioned to y'all a few years ago we, where I was pastoring, when I was pastoring my home church, we had some uh, people had been on the altar a long time, some young folks. They got to be teenagers, and they'd probably, some of them had probably been on the altar for five or six years, maybe longer. Some of the churches down the road, and I'll just slow down here, and the Lord may be a winding me down. But some of the churches down the road from us that carried the same name over the door that we carried but didn't hardly believe uh, the doctrines that we believe and, and the practices that we believe. And, and some of their preachers would get, now they, and I said this earlier, I believe even in this meeting, they never come face to face with me to say it, but they would tell some of the members that and word would get back to me. Send them children to us. We'll take care of them. It don't take, they don't have to be on the altar five or six years. Send them to our church. We'll, we, we'll take care of them down here. They don't have to be up there on that mourner's bench. And I'll say this tonight. Part of what they said was right. They, you don't have to be on the altar for five or six years. When God's a dealing with you, understand this. When God's knocking on your heart, He's wanting to do business in your heart right then when he's dealing with you. It's, it's his business is to save lost sinners when his spirit passes by and he's knocking on your heart. You know what he's saying? I want to do business with you. I want to touch you. I want to give you what I came for, which is salvation of your soul. I want you to have the peace. I want you to have the joy. I want you to have that satisfaction and that understanding of knowing that if death comes before morning, that you've got a better place to go to. So if that's his business, and he is God, I just trust him that he's good at his business. And I'd say, Lord, I know you're able to do this. And I've been a trying everything I know to try. And I ain't got, I ain't seem like I just ain't got, I've almost got there at times, but I just ain't got there yet. I'm begging you, Lord, do your business in my heart. Have your way in my heart. And if there's any unbelief, I know tonight this, may, this is so strange and preaching so slow seem like. But if there's any unbelief, help my unbelief, Lord. 
Whatever, whatever it is that's keeping me from getting to you and going all the way, help me to just lay all of that aside, whatever it is. And I mean, it's one thing to say the words, but it's, it goes back to the message that the brother preached last night. God knows our heart. And he knows when we come to him with all of our heart. And sinner friend tonight, I, that's the message I need to leave with you. And church, maybe it'll encourage us. God's still in the soul-saving business. I, I, that, old, that old prophet back yonder when uh, Elijah, I believe it was, and the prophets of Baal and the prophets of the groves, he stood against, uh, I believe it was 850 of them all together, 400 prophets of Baal and 450 prophets of the grove. And he stood that day and they begin to jump up and down on their sacrifice and their bullock that they had prepared. And they begin to jump up and down on their altar, the Bible said, and cry out. And they had cut their sails with knives and lancets. And they thought that surely their God would answer. But oh, Elijah said to them, he said, cry out a little louder. Maybe he's on a journey. Or maybe he's asleep. You know, I, I've never been one to make fun of any other belief or any other denomination. But in that day and in that situation, Elijah wanted people to understand that the God of Israel was still on the throne and he still had all power. And the God these people was looking at was dead and had nothing for them. And he began to sort of mock at them and say, won't you cry out a little liar? And they, they went from mourning they, they, they done their sacrifice first. It's been a while since I read that. But they went from the morning, I believe, till the time of the evening sacrifice, a crying out on their gods, answer us. Remember, there's a waiting for the fire. And Elijah, when it come time for the evening sacrifice, the Bible said he, he repaired the altar of the Lord. And then he prepared the bullock, and he laid the wood in the place. And he laid the bullock on the wood. And he dug a trench around all of that. And it, I believe he, he put 12 barrels. I believe it was three barrels four times or four barrels three times. But the Bible said that, in other words, this is, this is what it's saying. Everything was saturated. It was soaking wet. The, the trench was even overflowing with water. So everything was soaking wet. There's no way you can start a fire on wood, on a pile of wood that's soaking wet. Well, anybody that's ever camped out or had an old wood stove in your house, you know that. Just I mean, it's just common sense to tell us that. But you know what God, you know what Elijah done? After he got everything ready, he began to call on that God. And you know what happened? The Bible said that fire fell from heaven and consumed, consumed the wood and the bullock. And, and the Bible said even the water and it even licked up the sand that was, I mean, took it all. Now that's the God tonight that you're asking to save your soul. And if that God can do that in that day, you know what he can do? He sent his son to save sinners. And if he sent his son to save sinners, if I were you tonight and lost and been seeking the Lord, I'd just trust him that he could save me. 
And I'd come to him just as honest and open and pleading and begging for mercy, just as humble as I could and say, God, I don't know what might be standing in my way, but I need help getting it removed. You see, you need his help tonight. And he, you may think, now, preacher, your message ain't done me much good and you've struggled. Well, I mean, you, I guess you could say, you, maybe you could say struggled, but I just seem like he's just preached me a little slow tonight and I, I can't and I'm about done but this is what I want you to understand if he came to save sinners and he did I read it to you that's, that's his business if he came to save sinners then there ain't one you're not, you're not one of those that he ain't run across yet he's, he's saved I feel sure the majority of the folks that's in here tonight has saved in fact I've heard most of them testify we all may have different situations that come up to get us there. We all may have had a little different journey to get there, but we all found that place that we could repent, and we couldn't have got there if the Lord hadn't led us. But you know what? You've got to believe that he will lead you. You cannot figure this out in your mind. I've had lost sinners that after... This is the thing about it. You, you, you all are, most of you all are young tonight, but in about... And just listen to me. The devil, if you'll listen to him, he'll, he'll tell you, just keep coasting along like you are. And you won't turn around. You'll be 20 or 25. And there'll be a lot more things on your plate. And the devil will begin to tell you, now you've made it fine up to this point. I wouldn't worry about that now. And the next thing you know, more things come on your plate. And you're not thinking about this Jesus that came into this life to save your soul. And then you get farther away. Then you get out of church. And then you forget about the messages that's been preached to you and warned you and the trumpets that's been sounded. And you forget about that this Lord that left the splendors of heaven and came to this earth, he did that to save you. He did that to save your soul and to save my soul. And what I'm begging you tonight to do is trust him that he is good at his business. He don't make mistakes. He don't, the Lord has never, the Lord's seen what it was Saul when he first started out and the Lord changed his name. But he's seen, he seen his need a long time before, I, I believe, before Saul ever got saved. And he's seen, boy, this old boy, he is, uh, he's a go-getter. He, he's got some fire about him. I can use him. I'm, I'm, I've got all this plan. And the Lord, I believe, Brother Moran had all of it. He knew what was going to take place. And you know what he done? Even when the Stephen... That old man of God was a preaching to them people that day and they were stopping up their ears and throwing stones at him that took his life. And old Stephen was still a preaching to them and a trying to warn them that they needed this Savior that he was a preaching. They needed this Savior that come into the world to save their souls. They needed him. They needed to repent. They needed to trust him. And, and they didn't want no part of it. Even that day, Saul was there. And he heard the message. And the Bible said they cast their garments 
at this certain Saul's feet. He heard the message. He heard. I believe he even seen Stephen when Stephen had done maybe. I don't know, but I feel like probably as his body got weaker or maybe stones might have broken his legs. I, I don't know, but, but I, I feel like as he was on the ground and looking up and he was saying, Father, forgive them for they don't know. They don't know what they're doing. Don't, don't lay this to their charge. They, they're just sinners. They don't know better. But I've tried to tell them. And he looked up and he seen heaven, I believe, was opened up just a little bit so he could see Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. I mean, old Stephen got the Lord's attention that day. The love, the compassion. Why? To tell lost sinners that this Jesus came to save you. Did they believe? Nope, they didn't believe. Not all of them, but on down the road, I believe that message got in somebody's heart, and his name was Saul. And God began to work and move, and we all know, I believe the brother mentioned it, and God, we know how that God, but that's what Paul was saying in this scripture. He said there wasn't nobody. He had authority. He was binding people up and bringing them back for trial. Because they were serving this Jesus and this Lord that you and I are serving. And he was doing it. And he, he tells us later in some of his writings, and I didn't think about going, but he was doing it out of ignorance. He didn't know. He thought he was doing the right thing. You know, some folks, if we ain't careful, we'll get mad at folks for not believing what me and you believe in. They don't know better. They don't know no better. You can't let your emotions get carried. You just need to love them and show the Lord to them and let them know that this Jesus came to save them. And he came, all these little ones that ain't there yet, but just in a few years, there'll be others that'll be seeking this Jesus. And this is what a church, he came to save them, and we know he did. So let's just keep on appointing them to him. And sinners, keep us seeking him because he, he came to save you and he wants to save you. And when you can get to that place that you can quit trying in your mind to figure out what is it I'm doing wrong? What is it I'm doing wrong? There comes a point, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm glad I got saved as young as I did because I believe everybody was afraid to say anything to me. And no, nobody, I had heard a lot of things and I had sat close enough to some of the older ones when them old saints of God, but nobody ever said anything. Nobody ever come and asked me how it was with my soul or, or if I felt like I was lost. Nobody ever come to me. And boy, they used to do, the church used to, the church used to work a whole lot more on that fashion when the preacher got done preaching and they'd go to lost sinners. But listen, why would they, why would you do that? Because they knew the business of the Lord was to save lost sinners. And they was trying to get folks to realize he'll save you if you'll come. If you're lost, why don't you try him tonight? If you're, if you're disdoubting where you're standing tonight, do you know that the Lord wants you to be sure where you are? And if he saved you, this, listen to me here this minute, and I'm about done. This sister will be getting her song. But if the Lord saved you, that means he's done his work in your heart. He don't want you to doubt his work. Remember, that's his business, and he's good at it. 
And he don't want, there's been a few things that folks have done for me that I couldn't, I couldn't, when they come and done it, and, that, and maybe it was their work, but maybe something went on, and I couldn't figure out exactly w- which way to turn which button or whatever, and I'd call them and I'd say, man, this ain't a working. And he'd say, well, have you tried that little switch I put in over there and once what, he, he knew his business. He knew he had done it right. I thought he had done it wrong. I thought, man, he's messed this up. It ain't a working. But he knew the business he done. Listen, the Lord does his business right. It don't have to be redone. It don't have to be done the second time. It don't. I thought of that old preacher friend of mine up in Louisville. I don't know. I guess it's been a couple of years ago. He was helping at Maple Grove. Uh, or he might have been helping me at Canyon Fork. I can't remember. But he said this. He said, I'm satisfied with what the work that the Lord done in me and I'm not looking for any plan B. You know there's a lot of folks that's looking after the Lord does the work they start looking for another plan a plan B and just in case let me tell you friend it's his business and he's good at it that's what he come for and it don't need redoing. And when he saves you, what he wants you to do then is he wants you to take that, that that work that he's done in your heart, his spirit that dwells inside of you, he wants you to take that and begin to light up those that's around you. And I'm not telling you that you've got to go around and you've got to testify every time you come to church. Listen, I've pastored several churches and there's some churches I've pastored I've been where I'm at longer than I've ever been anywhere, and I've been there, I think this is my 11th year. And I know the Lord's, he's, I'm about done. I'm just going to be honest with you. There ain't none of them here tonight. Don't y'all tell them that I've not told them that. And I don't know, I don't know if that'll be this year or if it'll be next year, I'm, but I know my work. I can just feel, I know the Lord's, he's about done with me where I'm at. And, and you may think tonight, now I won't get into all that, but I, li- listen, God called me and God's helped me and he's blessed me to help me try to pastor a few churches, but I'm not a good, I'm not a good pastor. And you can ask most churches that I've ever pastored. I, I'm not a good pastor. The Lord lets me sort of fill in for a short time to help churches just for a little while till a good pastor w- comes their way. But I'm not, the, the calling he's given me is, is, this, is this evangelist work, really and truly. And you may say, well, preacher, that, that ought to just be what you, I, I just try to feel my way in what the Lord lets me travel in. But this is what I want you to understand. I've been in those, some of those churches seven, eight, nine years, and those, some of those people come every Sunday and never hear a testimony out of some of them. Not even... I would just want to thank the Lord for saving my soul. Now, you may think, boy, preacher, this is awful hard. That does not please the Lord. They, it, a good tree will bring forth good fruit. It may not bear every year, but it'll bear more often than once every nine years. There's going to be some fruit. And if the Lord saved you, he saved you to bear fruit. And he wants, of what? Of his work. 
that he's done in you that was good enough. And if you ain't never told nobody that he's done that work in you, how are they going to know how good it is to you? How are they going to know? Tonight, lost sinner, that's what the Lord wanted me to tell you. He come to save lost sinners. And Paul said, I was the chiefest of those. Paul, people were killed because Paul went and bound them up and brought them back for trial. They lost their lives because of him. He, he, he was a, a persecutor of this way. He was a persecutor of the church and of this God that he denied. But one day God got a hold of him. And you know what he done ever since that day that the Lord delivered his soul and called him and sent him out as a messenger for the Lord. You, you, you know what he done? He told people everywhere he went about what this Jesus done for him and how he changed his life. That's what he wants out of me and you. And if he's done that work in your heart, you need to let people know it. And if he ain't, let me, uh, my former pastor would say this, and everyone, he'd say, let me be a friend to you. If he ain't done that work for you, he wants to. And if you'll trust him and believe in him with all your heart and repent toward God and trust in the work that his son done at Calvary, he'll do that work for you. He came to save lost sinners. That's what he wants to do tonight. Still in 2021. I know that message maybe ain't been much to a lot of people, but that's all the Lord gave me when I was walking down the hall there, and I, I've done my best tonight to deliver it to you. He's still a-saving. He's still a-saving. They sang a song down home, I'm so glad God saves old sinners. And he's still a-saving old sinners tonight. Will you come to him? Will you pour your heart out to him? Church, let's just be sure that we let that light keep a shining around them that they can see he saved us, old sinners, and he'll do the same for them. Let's just keep a mind in the Lord while we stand and have a song tonight. That's as far as I can travel.